We hope you were encouraged today. Subscribe to the Fox River Podcast to ensure you don't miss future messages. Stay connected through our social media channels on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And of course, make a difference in the lives of those you know by sharing with them. We are grateful for you and hope you join us again soon. Well, Happy New Year, everybody. I hope your Christmas was good. I know ours around here, you saw in the video, um, we really had an exceptional Christmas. And um, for everybody that's able to attend, we're glad that you did. For everybody that helped to serve in it, we are so thankful for that as well. Now, looking back in last year real quickly, quick question would be, how many experienced stress in 2019? Can I see your hands? Here, all of our campuses, gave them up for a second. Okay, great, all right. How many anticipate experiencing stress in 2020? Can I, like, <laughs> we all have something in common here, don't we? Now, I wanna take that just a little bit further right now and ask you if you could just kind of, you know, benchmark your stress level of last year, so 2019. So we'll use 110 scale, I've got it up here on the screen for us right now. Would you say last year, on average, your stress level was at like a one to three? You just had you know, a little bit of stress. Were you four or five? Had daily stress that was going on. Six to eight, there was a continual stress. Or nine, 10, you were at a high stress level in 2019. All right, let's check it out. How many would say you were at a one to three level? Just a little stress last year. How many of your hands there? Okay, look around. Now, if anybody had raised your hand, would you please check their pulse? How about, how about more four to fives? So you're four to fives, so some daily stress going on. Okay, that's you there. Six to eight, continual stress there. Here's where I've got my hand up, so see me um, with that. How many are nine to teners? Like, you know, just like high, 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 stress that way. Okay, so then listen to what Don Goway has to say. He's like a stress expert. How'd you like to be an expert in stress? Now, some of us are going like, I feel like I'm an expert in stress that way. He said this, that there is a new epidemic that's sweeping the world. It's not a virus. It is stress. He goes on to say that almost everyone has experienced stress at work or at home. Without knowing how to deal with it, that is stress, it becomes a lethal affliction, one of the leading causes of death. Let me pause for just a second. The CDC has noted that of the six major leading causes of death today, all of them are linked to chronic stress. Don goes on to finish this way. And this is what really caught my attention. He said the most damaging, though, effects is that stress keeps us from reaching our potential. Why do we start the year off with a series called Stress Less? Not just because of the potentially damaging effects that it can have on us with our health, but it is really affecting our lives. It is affecting us mentally, it's affecting us socially, it's affecting us spiritually, and God's got help for us. In fact, we're going to spend the next four weeks looking at four different angles, four unique helps that God would say for you to be able to stress less in 2020 then this is what I would have for you. I'd like to invite you to join with me in this prayer toward that end. Thank you, God, that you care. You care about something as 
significant and sometimes as minute as the stresses that we're going on in our life when there's so much going on in the world. Thank you that you offer to us help. Thank you for the instruction and insight that you give to us. Pray that we'll have ears to hear, good minds to be able to apply these things. Our prayers in the name of Jesus. And everybody in agreement said? Jesus had a great deal to say about stress. In fact, he opens up his ministry and deals with this as one of the key subjects that he's talking with with people in his day. I'm referring to Matthew chapter 6, when Jesus does what is often referred to as the greatest sermon ever preached, Jesus' first teaching that way. If you have a Bible, I'm going to ask you to turn over there right now. We're going to kind of cue this up, cue up the series, cue up Jesus' teaching from the get-go with this. But if you have it on your phone, grab your phone. I hope you can take notes on your phone as well. Put a couple notations in the Bible there. If you don't have a Bible with you, as we look into this passage today, would you grab a pew Bible and turn over to page 1381 with us? I think it'll be really helpful just as we're reading through and seeing that in front of us. If for chance you don't own a Bible, we want to take the opportunity right now just to offer you the one that you've got in your hands right now as a gift, ours to you. And with this encouragement that you'll take a couple of notes in it, I'm going to encourage everybody to go back and to reread this passage this week. So put a bookmarker in it right now. Before we get to Jesus' words, we want to ask ourselves, so what exactly is stress? Now, on the one hand, we go like, we all know what stress is because we feel that we experience it. But when you go to define it, it can be challenging. So, first, what is stress? Stress is our response to our stressors. Do not think that is simple. Do not think that is circular. This is going to be so important. And we're going to you know, just kind of dial in as to what Jesus does in this as well. We take it a little bit further. One of the best um, insights into stress that I found was this one. Stress is a reaction that occurs when something you care about is at stake. Another definition for stress, I got straight out of one of my go-to guides. I've got stress management for dummies here. And they say in here, what is stress? They say stress is created when your mind overrides your body's basic desire to choke the living daylights out of some idiot who desperately deserves it. How many experience this stress at work on it? Yeah. Like, yeah, uh, okay, uh, let's go back to the other definitions on stress. <laughs> let's call it the reaction that occurs when something you care about is at stake. As soon as stress occurs, there is a physiological response that's going on within us. Stress brings out in us the release of chemicals and hormones in our body. Two of the primary hormones that get released when we're feeling stress are adrenaline and cortisol. Adrenaline is what will speed things up. Cortisol, you know, again, simple definition, um, restricts or it pulls things down and in. So an example of stress. I was hiking with a good friend of mine in South Africa in the Drakensberg Mountains. It was beautiful. I noticed up there some of the wildlife which was very, very cool. I mean, they had some wild baboons that were up there. Once we were up there for maybe an hour and a half, I looked over my shoulder and I noticed that there was a group or a troop of baboons that were following us. 
And I'm just kind of like, this is so cool, you know, taking you know, pictures that way. The group got closer, but all of a sudden, they went from following to they began to encircle us. I went from this is so cool, just like that, to there was a stress situation that was going on. You may be like, what? You know, what's the big deal? You ever clean the teeth of a baboon? I mean, like, this is what they look like on the inside. It is one of the most ferocious um, animals in Africa. What happened immediately once that stress kicked in? Well, as I said, my body began to infuse itself with chemicals, hormones, and so my heart rate sped up, my blood pressure rose. What was going on there? My body was pumping more blood to my brain and to my skeletal muscles in case I needed to fight or flight, like run, right? My breathing was more rapid, oxygenating my blood. My, my digestion slowed down at that point. You know what? I didn't think. I want a, st- I want a snack right now. <laughs> Open my pack. You get something out there. Blood was being redirected in my body. It was going from, you know, from my skin and the unnecessary functions in there. Again, taking it right back to my brain, and, which is I'm going to be needing it. My pupils dilated. In other words, I could see with great clarity. It seems like you know, things slowed down at that point. There was blood clotting that was going on. If I was injured in any way, my body was always preparing itself for that. My liver was converting glycogen to glucose. I mean, all of, it was just like that it happened. And it happens whenever we stress. When I get a call from one of my kids and they start out, hey, Dad, I was in an accident. Just like that, same things are going on. Maybe you realize my email account or my um, identity has been stolen. Maybe you open, you know, you don't have to open it before you see it, but you see the letter, you know, it's like IRS, open it up. I'm being audited. Just like that, our body is responding. You know, this is what takes place every time stress occurs in us. Now, so you got some good news, and you've also got some bad news with this. The good news is this. If you are being surrounded by a troop of baboons, you are so glad that all these things are happening in you. You are prepared for what it is that you're facing. The bad news is chronic stress. This occurrence is going on over and over our body. Right now, American Institute of Stress reports 77% of the population are experiencing the negative physical impact of stress upon them. You say that, that pretty much represents us real well here in the survey we did. We look at CDC reporting every year. There's 110 million people dying as a direct result of stress. Now you break that down, because 110 million is a big number, it means that seven people every two seconds are dropping because of stress. How many are feeling more stressed right now? Like, is it going to be me? Is it I? And it's to this that is chronic stress, bad stress, distress, that Jesus speaks into. So let's take a look at it together. If you happen to close your pew Bible, again, it's on page 1381. We're going to take a little bit of a deep dive to start with here, and then we're going to read through verse 25 through 34. Jesus starts out with these words. Therefore, I tell you, 
Now, just looking at that first word, therefore, means, if you had the Bible open, you go like, well, there's more that came before, right? Sometimes it's a little harder to see in our phones that way with electronic. What's the therefore here? Jesus is saying, therefore, having settled, because you are a child of God, and because you have chosen to put your trust in God, put him first in your life, therefore, because of this, I tell you. I tell you, do not, what's the next worry? And what I want you to do is I want you to write in here the word stress. Now, why would I tell you to do that? The word that we have here, original word, merimnao. Merimnao means that which causes anxiety. And we're talking about that which causes anxiety that has negative consequences. So a Bible translator would look at merimnao, look at today's culture and say a dynamic equivalent of merimnao in our cultural today, our language today, would be the word stress. So we're not just kind of like putting it in here because it applies. Like this is what Jesus is speaking to here. And as we read through it, I want us to write in stress over the word worry whenever it occurs here and see this message of Jesus as it comes before us today. So Jesus said, Therefore I tell you, do not, what? Do not stress about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about what your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothes? Jesus said, look at the birds of the air. Do they not sow or reap or store away in barns? Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Now look at this, put a little star here. Are you not much more valuable than they? If God cares about them, like... You don't think he's going to care about you more? Can any one of you by, what's the word? Can any one of you by stress add a single hour to your life? Like the answer is what? No. <laughs> Jesus said this. Can any one of you by stress take away from your life? The answer would be what? You could, right. Verse 28. And why do you stress about clothes? That is just a great question. How many are going to go home and write over your closet? Why do I stress about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They don't labor or spin, yet I tell you that not even Solomon with all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow stored into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith, and will only take care of your need? So do not, say it, stress, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For the pagans, that is those that are not children of God, those that are not trusting God. For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Verse 34. Look back up on the screen again, if you would, with me. Therefore, let's say it together, everybody. Therefore, do not about, for tomorrow will about itself. Now, that is just so true, isn't it? Jesus said each day has enough trouble, enough, you know, enough things to bring stress to you in and of itself. Now, here's what, here's what was going on in this passage. Jesus was talking to people, and people that he really wanted to be able to help in life. And so he was just basically looking in the eye and said, I know that these are things that you are now stressing over in your life. And truth be told, every one of them was legit. 
They, were, they had good reason in that day, at that time, where they were at in their lives to stress over those things. So Jesus said, I know that, but I don't want you to be on the negative side or caught up in the negative cycle of stress. Because in essence, Jesus is saying this when he said, um, do not stress. He says, I don't want you to remain in the cycle of stress. We'll talk about that in the next week and two as it comes up. He said to them, instead, I want you to find the way that you can live this stress-less life that God wants for you to be able to experience. Today, Jesus would look us in the eye and say, hey, I know these are the things that you are stressing over and I want to help you with, and I hope the Holy Spirit allows us to get hold of those today. Because many things you're stressing over are very legit. Nonetheless, it's bad stress that's impacting you in a very negative way in so many different aspects of our life. So I'm going to ask in just a moment, actually I'm going to ask it right now, what is at the end of your rope? You see, stress is always attached to something. Some of you are, you mean, you're acutely aware of that which your stress is attached to. Others, you're just kind of like, I know that I'm stressing, but I'm not even sure what all I'm stressing over in my life. So as we pull up some of the major stressors that we have, Real quick insight is this. If you're like, you know, figuring this out. My stress reveals what my mind conceals. Why don't you think about that? When you keep pulling and finding what is at the end, what is causing the stress in my life, it may be revealing to you where you are at spiritually, what is going on, what the values that you are, or what it is that's driving you crazy. It's like, so that's what it is, so that you can begin to deal with it. There's really three, you call them major categories for stress that you could put things, you know, stress into. Think about this. Our stress usually will flow from the category, you could put your stuff in the category of fear, you could put it in the category of worry, you could put it in the category of achievement. I want us to look at, for us, what are some of the, like, the seven major stressors that we have in our lives? So let's start with one that's number one. That's these little guys here. Anybody grew up with a piggy bank? My brother and I didn't have lame piggy bank. We had these things. They're kind of like piggy creatures or something like that. One says, if I'm empty-headed, it's your fault. The other just says, money hungry. Can you tell which one was mine and which one was Dean's? It's one that had the most money in it was Dean's for sure. You ever stress about money? in your life, what to do, not enough. Maybe you can identify with Chris and Michelle who took all of those stress areas and found it coming back to money for them. Here's their story. We're Chris and Michelle Getter, and we're members here at Fox River Church. You may see us at the doors. We greet here on Sunday mornings. We have uh, two beautiful children, and we have a third on the way. Very, very on the way. 
tithing. It's been something that we've done on and off over the years, but it's always the first thing to go. In the last few months, we've just had a lot of working, God working in our lives. We've been through the biggest storm of our life thus far. There's so much glory that we can give to God in it. I had lost a lot of weight due to the stress of just our financial situation. We've never really worried about, about money ever. Um, not like this. He had broke down at that point and kind of came clean with what had been going on and that we really dug ourselves into a pretty big hole. In that, there was um, a lot of brokenness, some anger and resentment, at least on my part. And I knew that it was the first time that he went from being kind of an optimistic glasses half full to we're, we're in trouble. I was you know, embarrassed and, and heartbroken and lost. And, and then once you know, it all came out and you know, I realized just how bad it was as a finance person, he made me open up uh, all of my mail and all my bills and, and he just kind of walked me through and guided me through the, the toughest day. At that point, I just was a little bit angry at God. And I just was like, why? Why are you letting this happen? We have a third baby on the way. How are we going to do this? I reached out to this grandma <laughs> that I have in my life. She says, I don't know what, you, what your situation is. I'm not asking. I don't want to know. But I just want to tell you that the Holy Spirit put this message on my heart, and I need to share it with you. And then she said, are you trusting God with your finances? Because he can't bless you unless you're giving. It was probably that week that I just laid it all on the floor and realized, you know what, God, you know, it's all yours anyways. You can have it all. And if we lose the house, we lose the house. There was a lot of growth that week, in that two weeks. And even now, I'm reading you know, the Bible every day, I'm spending time with God in the morning. I put on my heart one morning that uh, if, if you take a stack of 10 quarters and you look at the stack of 10 quarters and, and you take one away, if your eyes were closed when I took that one away, you wouldn't notice that you're missing 10%, that there's only nine in your hand. And so the fact that I could feel that the 10% was only a representation that I had mismanaged all that God had given us. And after we had committed that we were gonna tie that in my next paycheck that okay. Friday, I just said, how much sooner are we gonna run out of money? Like, holy moly. This has been scary, but now it's even scarier, right? Yeah. I was crying in the shower, just thinking, please God, increase my faith. I don't, I don't, I'm not seeing this, you know, on paper. I'm gonna have to go back to work right away. And that breaks my heart, because I wanna spend that time with a new baby. And um, my boss scheduled a call with me for that Friday, which was the 22nd, hmm. November the 22nd, our first committed tithe. And I found out that Friday morning my boss had that one-on-one -on -one call with me that I was being promoted, like, immediately. That came with a 20% pay raise. Totally unexpected. Not asked for. So again, I'm just crying out, like, thank you, God. Like, and I called him right away, and we're like, wow, that more than covers our tithe. When you put God in, in the right place in your life, what God will do, we're gonna do the Financial Peace University in uh, January. I've been reading the book of Proverbs. How much wisdom is in that book? If only we would open that book and read it. I'm so happy that I'm starting the journey of doing that.
I think that's one of the biggest blessings in all of this is because we're reading together, we're praying together. And now our kids, they expect prayer. So Rock Bottom teaches you a lot more than the mountaintops do, that's for sure. And I think that's where you find God. Hey, did you join me in saying thanks to Chris and Michelle for their willingness to kind of open up what was going on in them that way? You heard him mention um, financial peace. Um, how many of you have been through financial peace here in all our campuses? If that was a help to you, just say yes out loud. Okay, um, if you're going through stress financially, if you find yourself fighting at home, arguing at home sometimes over, you know, finance, money, and things like that, I'd really encourage you to um, be a part of financial peace. It's going to start a week from this Thursday. You can sign up online. You can do it at the booths, um, table at any of our campuses um, after that way because this comes in about number one, number two in most people's stress points. We also have... In our stressor here, we've got an album with family pictures that are in it. This is going to represent family and friends. Figures it's Walt Disney World. No stress there, right? When it comes to family and friends and the stress factor, it really starts early, doesn't it? I remember when I was in middle school, then I went on to high school, that you had drama. Is it true if you're in middle school or in high school that there's still drama that goes on in relationships today? Yes or no? <laughs> yeah, and with drama, you got what? It's stress. And then it just kind of keeps moving on in life. I mean, you, you start dating, and that brings what? Oh, yeah, look at this. That's stress. Or you stop dating, and you restart dating, and it's like, you know, the more stress there, and you break up, and then you get more What? You get more stress that goes on there. Maybe someday you go and you get married. And what does that do to stress? Does it put it up or down? It can, can it? Yeah. And what happens if you then decide, we're going to have a baby? Your stress then does what? Oh, yeah, it definitely goes up, right? I mean, like, kids, your stress goes up, and the baby becomes a teenager, and then what happens to stress? Oh, yeah, it just gets gooder and gooder, doesn't it? <laughs> We could talk about extended family, couldn't we? And the craziness that goes on. I mean, we're back at Christmas here all over again, right? So much stress can be connected back to the relationships that we have. Um, another major factor in our lives. I'll call this the, this is the, the me stuff. In fact, I'll use two of these right here. Me might be the things that I'm pursuing so are my achievements. I mentioned you may be in um, high school and you're striving to get your diploma. Or you're trying to get into college. Or if you're in a college, you're trying to you know, um, find the right path for yourself there. You're trying to find your career with that. Um, you're, you're looking for a new job. And next thing you know, you know now you're in your second interview and the stress level might be going up for that. If you're in athletics, if you're in um, you know, music or drama, you get your second call back. And all the thing, all, everything that we achieve can bring with it this stress factor that's with it. That's that me stuff. I've got the, the me stuff here. Actually, if I look and if I use this like that, this mirror, I can see you. And what that means is we stress, I stress, over the fear of letting people down. 
I got people that are depending on me. You got people depending upon you. And when you realize that, there's this stress that just can come into our lives and it can become a chronic thing that's going on. I can turn the mirror around and now I'm looking at myself. And I find that I can be, at times, my greatest critic. I can look at myself and go like, what do other people see? Now, you may say, I've certainly said it at times, I don't care what people think about me. But most of the times I've said it, it's not because I'm going like, hey, the only thing that matters is what God thinks of me. I don't care what people think about me. Most of the time I'm, I'm doing it as a shield. You know, it's like, it's a defense. Because every one of us have some people that we care about what they think about us. And as we're looking at ourselves, we, can, we, we just generate this chronic stress going on um, within us. We've got, um, anybody, anybody have any stress over time in your life? The pressure of it and things that are getting faster and speeding up and deadlines that seem to be coming at us um, regularly? Maybe you've got a health issue. It's yours or the fear of it. You know, there's a history in your family. Maybe it's a parent that you're concerned about or somebody else, a child, somebody that you're caring for. These health issues, they can become huge places of stress for us. And lastly, I've got here, I have this little whiteboard. I wrote on it, change. And the reason, you know, the whiteboard is here in change is because, you know, it only takes this on a whiteboard and it's gone. And you can write something else on it that way. But you think about how change comes at us. When we change our location, if we move, that brings stress, doesn't it? If we're changing jobs, if you're losing a job, major stress. If you're just applying for another job, you're taking over another job, that's taking place. When you've got changes, any type of change, you've got more and more stress that comes into our lives. These are like maybe just the, the front seven. You could add to it, I know. So what is going to be the greatest help for us with regards to stress? Now if I told you, and that's what I'm gonna talk about in week four, how many are going like, yay? Yeah, no, it could be a shower of Bibles coming up this way, right? So I don't want to do that. In fact, I want to start out with what can be the greatest help for you in facing all of these, because it's all real, right? I'm talking about everything up here is legit stuff. It's going to bring back to what's at the end of our rope. When I was in Israel, had the opportunity to visit there, I learned something about Jesus that I didn't know in all the other studies that I'd ever done before. We were in Jerusalem, and very close to the temple, there's a site that you visit. It's called Caiaphas's house. Caiaphas was the high priest when Jesus' ministry was going on. When Jesus was arrested in the garden, he was brought first to Caiaphas's house. It was at Caiaphas's house that he went through the mock trial, you could say the kangaroo court that went on there. And it was at Caiaphas's house that he waited until he would go the next day and be sent before Pilate. Now, when you're walking up to Pilate's house, there's this 
picture. It's actually a mosaic that's on the outside of it. And I just thought it was odd. You know, obviously that's Jesus, and it's like, you know, he's kind of, you know, tied up right there. And I, I, I really had no clue what, what this meant or what was going on, other than like, hey, they brought him here when he was arrested. But here's what I learned that day. I learned that when Jesus was, after the trial, held captive, they did it in a doorless dungeon. In fact, they've made a way that you can get down into it right now. So you've got this 30-foot, you could describe it as a cistern right now. You know, just, you know, stone walls, all stone in there. They didn't have electric lights back in Jesus' day. That's been added for, for us to be able to get down as you kind of snake your way down into this. But if you from the bottom look straight up, so 30 foot up, there's what you see. It's just a hole that is cut into, as it were, the floor there, and the person is let down. So literally, you are bound this way, imprisoned, you are let down into this dark, doorless dungeon, and there you hang. And so there Jesus hung for hours and hours in the pitch dark. How many are thinking, this is a stress-freaking-out situation? Yeah? Do you think Jesus must have been, you know, his stress must have been through the roof at this point as he just hung there in the dark? But rather than that, we actually find that Jesus was in a place of trust. And you go, like, how do we know that? Before Jesus was arrested in the Garden of Gethsemane, the captors came up to him, and with the words of his mouth as he spoke, they were all driven to the ground. He wasn't taken. He allowed himself to be taken. In just a few hours when he stands before Pilate, he'll stand there, look Pilate in the eye, and say, right now I could ask my father, and he would send 10,000 angels to deliver me if that's what I ask. So as Jesus is hanging there, he's hanging knowing, I am in the place of trusting in God and trusting in his will for my life. As his son, I'm trusting him. Now Jesus is going to go from here to the cross. That is truly the place of ultimate stress, distress. In fact, we know the stress that Jesus went under there because after his death, when the Roman guard, the centurion, thrust the spear up into his side, into a pericardium here, both water and blood came out. The stress was so great that it formed this water sack around, around the heart that went on there. He did that to be able to make a way with his resurrection for anyone that would come to him to have forgiveness of sins, but a restored relationship with God, new life, and Jesus said, and life to the fuller and abundant life. So one thing I want to ask is, have you come to Jesus and received him as your Savior? If you have, then you're a child of God. If you have, if you haven't, I hope you will today, but if you have, now I need to ask you this. Is Jesus at the end of your rope? You see, Our stress reveals what our mind conceals. 
You keep pulling on stress, and when you get to the end, you may find this that's being revealed there. But the question is, you have Jesus at the end of your rope as well. Now, I know, theoretically, everybody say, um, is Jesus with you? If you're a child of God, is Jesus with you? The answer would be what? Yeah, the right answer is yes. But do you know what? When I'm finding myself stressing out over stuff in my life, I am not thinking Jesus is here with me in this right now. I'm focused on what's on the table, not the one that was at the end of the rope for me. And if I will remember that Jesus, he's the one that can, a lot of times when I'm helping people, I can go, I don't know what all you're going through. Jesus would never say that. He's like, I know the stress that you're going through. And I want to help. Next week, here's what we're going to do. Next week, we're going to talk about what is God's part? What is my part in this? It will be a great, I mean, stress is just a great opportunity to invite a friend to come out to. But that's next week. This week, we want to ask, do I realize that Jesus is here in the midst of my stress with me? He understands it, and he is going to offer help. Something that's really simple. You might do this. You may just go out and get yourself a piece of rope. And you can take that piece of rope and you're just going to put it in a place that reminds you. What's at the end of my rope? And is Jesus, do I have Jesus at the end of my rope? Could be. You can just a little piece of string or rope. I've got some up here afterwards if you want some. You're just going to take it. You're going to tie it around your wrist. And it's just going to be that reminder because you are in a major stressing out mode right now. And whenever you look at it, it's like, Jesus was at the end of the rope for me. He's at the end of the rope with me. And if I cut Jesus out of this, I will not end up in a good place. Because we can do all the other helps, but if we do all the other helps without Jesus, then we're going to lack the most important help resource that God has given to us. Jesus' words to us when we're stressing out, are these. Remember me. In just a moment, here, all of our campuses, we're going to have communion together. We're going to see these words come up again. But when you are, this week, this year, going through some terribly stressful situations, Jesus' word to you is going to be this, remember me. I want to pray for us. We invite those that haven't received him to do so. Trust Jesus as your Savior. Put your faith in what he's done on the cross for you. That makes you a child of God, and then you'll be in the place that you can have Jesus with you in whatever it is that you're facing in your life. Would you pray with me? God, I thank you again that you care. Thank you that you designed us in this amazing way. All these things happen in our bodies when we stress, and you did it for our good. But Lord, without you, then things go bad. For our friends that are here today, and they are ready to put their faith and trust in you, Jesus, repenting of the decisions, the sin that has separated them from God, and coming to you in faith, what you've done in the cross and resurrection, to be the means of their forgiveness and eternal life. If that's your prayer, if that's your desire today, and you haven't done it before, can I just ask you, here, any one of our campuses or online, would you just lift up a hand for just a second and say, Guy, today I am trusting and receiving Jesus as my Savior. And just wave at me. Sometimes it'll take me just a second. 
Yeah. Cool. There. All right. Thank you, Jesus, for saving grace. For those of us that have received it, help us to, to not miss the greatest resource we have for stress in our life. We pray this in your name. Everybody in agreement said? We have the servers come right now. And when they do, as a communion tray comes by, you're going to find two cups stacked together. If you would, please, take out that stack. One has the bread, one has the juice. And then help the person next to you. When we've all been served, we'll eat and drink together. Thank you. Well, we're being served. The night Jesus was betrayed, the scripture tells us that he took bread. And after he had given thanks, he broke the bread and said, this is my body which is broken for you. Every time you eat it, remember me. After supper, he took the cup. Having drank from it himself, he gave it to his disciples and said, this cup represents the new covenant being made with God through my blood. Every time you drink it, remember me. I find that in communion, holding these, eating and drinking, it really is a time of remembrance. I mean, Jesus seems closer at this time than so many other times because I'm thinking about him. But this week, on Monday and then Tuesday, on Wednesday and Thursday, on Friday and come Saturday, these same words, remember me. When you're facing this, would you remember me? I am with you. I am there at the end of the rope with you. Let's take the bread and eat together. The juice, representing Jesus' blood that cleanses us from sin. Let's drink. Thank you, Jesus. May we actively remember you and all that you've done and the power that you bring to us. We pray in your mighty name. And everybody in agreement said, amen. And we turn things back over to our campuses at this time. For those that are here today, you've opened your life up, received Jesus as your savior. Um, we want to offer you this resource, the text. Any of you will just text us at 555-888 and the word follow. There's a resource that we hope will help you just to go like, hey, what now, what next? We're really excited for you. In fact, Fox River, can we just share a little bit of what we have in our heart for those that have opened up and trusted Jesus as our Savior today? I mentioned next week we're going to talk about, hey, what is God's part? What is my part? How do I know the separation of those? And then to be able to lean into it. Today, Chris and Michelle, they're here with us. They're going to be out hanging out in the foyer. So if you want to just talk to them about their story, some of the things they went through, cool. 
we can pray with you. Maybe you're going through some stress stuff right now. Love to do it. Our prayer team is going to be down front. You can just remain seated wherever you are. We'll come back to you. Um, God bless this week. And um, again, Happy New Year, everybody. We hope you were encouraged today. Subscribe to the Fox River Podcast to ensure you don't miss future messages. Stay connected through our social media channels on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And of course, make a difference in the lives of those you know by sharing with them. We are grateful for you and hope you join us again soon.